uh, we spoke about uh, the priorities of God. And today is the last. I'm ending on the priorities of God. The last priority of God is atonement. Atonement. The last priority of God is atonement. We said the first priority of God is what? The name and the person of Jesus. The second priority is what? Eh? The second priority of God is what? The third priority of God is what? The communion. The fourth priority of God is what? The fifth priority of God is what? Go there. The sixth priority of God, which was last week, is what? And the seventh priority of God now is what? That one they are shouting. You have to be students of the word, and it's important that even as the word of God comes to us, you will uh, review your notes of last week so that you can be able to follow. And I'm speaking on the atonement, which is the seventh priority of God, which is the last priority of God. And, you see, if you are a believer, you call yourself a Christian, alright? And the only thing you are able to pray to God for, or the only thing you are able to receive from God, is forgiveness of sin. You must understand that you are a babe as a Christian. You must understand that you are fallen and there is a need for you to grow. If the, the only thing you ask from God or the only thing you receive from God in your time of life now is forgiveness of sins, then you must understand that you are a babe. And you must understand that you are a child and there is a need for you to grow. See, you must accept it. But if the only thing you are doing in this present age is for you to be asking forgiveness of sin every time from God, every time ask forgiveness of sin is from God, every time, then you have become a babe. And if, again, the only thing you are asking for from God is a good job, is money, and a car, you are a babe. Tell someone. If that is the only thing you are asking from God, then you are a babe. There is a need for us to grow and put ourselves on heavenly matters and not earthly elements. Are you with me? You are a babe. The only thing you are asking from God is forgiveness of sin. Today you say people ask forgiveness. Tomorrow, when will you grow? When will you stop? You see, I was hearing of the uh, the Morodian brothers, right? These brothers, what they did was that they sold themselves as slaves. And the money they got from selling themselves, they gave it to charity. And guess what? The reason why they sold themselves was to be able to enter France to do what? To preach the gospel of God. And they called that a breakthrough. And at your age, you are calling a car a breakthrough. If there is anything more than Jesus, I would have said you need Jesus more. <laughs> this brother sold themselves for the gospel to be able to reach us in those days. For the gospel to be able to reach us. They, they were limiting Christians to be able to enter into countries, to be able to preach. So they were not carrying Bibles at some point. Even in China currently, some men of God are being captured. China currently is printing new Bibles and picking things out. This meant for them to be able to bring the gospel to us. They sold themselves as slaves in order to enter into France. And when they entered into France, their mentality or their agenda for which they sold themselves was to be able to preach the gospel. And they called that a breakthrough. And yet you call that guy a breakthrough. 
and yet you call a good job and breakthrough. There is a need for us to revisit our priorities. You see, I'm not saying that these things are not important. This thing, the good job, the marriage, the babies, the, 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 the houses, the cars, they are important in the earthly realms, but they are more essential things to life than a car. There are more essential things to life than a house. And there are more essential things to life than even marriage. Because as a matter of fact, there is no marriage in heaven. <laughs> so if it's that essential, why is it not in heaven? Because we read from the scriptures that there is no marriage in heaven. Are you with me? What do you classify as a Christian, as a preacher? What do you classify as a preacher in your life? And I was about to have an answer, and you have the accent anymore. I thank God for this bridge. Thank goodness. That's a bridge room. I didn't have money to pay my fees, and suddenly God brought someone. They paid my fees. Thank God for the bridge room. That's a bridge room. <laughs> you see, we, we were not taught well because of the message of prosperity. We were not really taught well. See, all these things you are seeing, the payment of fees, the scholarships, the jobs, the marriages, the, these are the results of the blessings of God. They are not actually the blessings of God. Because the bless, blessing simply means to be able to do, an ability to do. Are you with me? But an ability to do what? So, the what is what you are already receiving. So, it is the result of the blessing that you are seeing. You are seeing. So, it cannot the houses can never be a blessing from God. They are the results of the blessings you already have. Are you with me at all? If you ever call a breakthrough a breakthrough, it should be because you have won a soul to heaven. It should be because you saw a drunkard and you spoke to the drunkard, and the drunkard gave his or her life to Christ. Should be what you should classify as a virtue because at the end of it all, the number of houses you have on earth it is not going to determine a crown of life in heaven for you. But what is going to determine a crown of life for you in heaven is that you are an overcomer and is that you want a soul. And we must preach these messages to you more than exciting you with receive it and you jump. I receive it, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Let's open to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 27 to 28. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 27 to 28. It says what? For God uses the foolish things of this world to do what? To conform the wise. Is it in your Bible? Are you there? If you are there, shout glory. Glory. Alright, let's go. One, two. Can't really hear you guys. So your question is that God picks the foolish things of this world to conform the wise or to put to shame the wise. Are you here? God picks the foolish things of this world to put to shame or to conform the wise. Why does God pick the foolish things of the world? 
and then he uses it to conform the wives. The word conform simply means that to comply to a standard. To comply with a standard. Meaning that God picks the foolish, the imperfect, the sinner, and then God puts that person to a particular standard and makes the wise who thinks he's wise look at the foolish other woman. He said, This is the standard I want to reach. Okay, what am I saying that? When God picks a foolish man, he doesn't, the man doesn't remain foolish forever. When God picks someone who is foolish, who is a sinner, who is imperfect, God doesn't use them in their foolishness. God doesn't use such a man in their imperfection. When God picks you and you, you are noted to be a foolish person, God doesn't use you in your foolishness, not at all. But God uses you who were once foolish, he makes you wise. And for you to be a standard for that which says he is wise. Now, what am I saying again? God picks the foolish to prove a point to the wives. God picks the sinner. And he tries to prove a point to the one who is self-righteous. God picks the imperfect to prove a point to that one who claims he is perfect. So, when God picks one that is foolish, he doesn't remain foolish forever. So, don't you read the Bible that for God picks the foolishness of this world to confirm the wise. So, if I am foolish, God is using me foolishly to confirm the wise. No. He qualifies the God. So, that God is not qualified, but He qualifies it. Then He uses Him. Are you with me at all? Are you with me? So, if you are foolish, and God has picked you and you become born again, understand that you are not foolish forever. No, 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 no. God can use a foolish person, but before he uses that foolish person, he makes that person wise. And he makes that person a standard. Can you believe that you are a standard to the person who calls himself wise? You sit there here. You are a standard to someone. Do you know one call the other? I am your standard. Because when you look at your spiritual life and you want to attain a certain realm, you go, Father, I want you to anoint, bless like me, bless Bishop. I want to move in the realm like Bishop is moving. And I'm moving that standard. <laughs> yeah, because you want to be like me. You want to move like I'm moving. You want to do this like I'm doing. I'm a standard. <laughs> so God picks you and makes you someone standing. So God can pick you and make you a standard of someone's dressing. So the person begins to dress like you, does the hair like you. Then it is a standard. But where will God pick the foolish and make him wise to prove a point to the one who says he's wise? And that is the work of atonement. That the sinner is being picked by God and automatically the, sin, the sinner becomes righteous because it's now accepted Jesus Christ. And then our sinner becomes righteous. And that's the work of atonement. And that atonement is done by the work of the blood of Jesus, which is also a priority of God. We get atonement from the blood of Jesus. Are you with me? Atonement from the Hebrew word is kapa, kapa, um, K-A-P-H-A. K-A-P-H-A. It is kapa, which means to cancel or to cover. To cancel or to cover, I'm building my point, please pray with me. To cancel or to cover, kapa. 
That is the meaning of atonement in Hebrew. Now, the word uh, to atone also in the Greek word means katalage. Katalage. K-A-T-A-L-A-G-E. Then it has a hyphen on it, which is katalage, which means to reconcile or to exchange. Now, when Pastor Paul was teaching on Thursday, he spoke about the reconciliation that happened between we and God using um, Onesimus, Philemon, and Apostle Paul as an example or as a case study. All right. So he spoke about the reconciliation, and I want to draw on the council and the covering. In the olden days, their sins are being covered, but in our days, our sins are not covered. Our sins are cancelled. Are you here? So, the word atonement for us now it means to cancel. Kapa. Are you with me? Say kapa. Kapa. The H then is silent, so it's not kapa, it's kapa. Hallelujah. Amen. Those of you who are already asking, so why is it P H and it's not F? It's Hebrew, not English. So, the H is silent. Are you with me? Now, I want to teach you, I hope you can all see the board. The atonement. The atonement. I want to give it very fast. Now, if you've ever done pre before, you will know something called the best eye view, whatever eye view you have. Right. So this, this uh, an illustration to make you understand this very more about the atonement. We have God's view here, all right? And we have man's view here. Can you all see? Yes. Wow. Please try to see. We have God's view here, and we have man's view here. Are you with me? Now, in the middle we have atonement. In the middle we have atonement. And now we have God's viewing man. So this is God's view, the way God is viewing man. And this is the way man is viewing himself. Or how men view other men. Are you with me? Now, when God... Do we need to remove the puppet for you? Oh. Yeah. I think I can use the puppet so it's going to aid here. Actually, yeah. Can you still see this? So you bring, bring the chair here, bring the chair here. Alright, thank you. Alright. I guess you can all see now. Are you sure? Alright. Still observing social distance. Alright, so we have God's view here and we have man's view here. This is how man views himself and this is how God views us man. Now see this. When God is viewing man, because of the atonement, God is no more seen as are seen as anymore. God is no more seeing our faults anymore. God is no more seeing our failures anymore. But because of the atonement, God is now seen as holy. So instead of our sins, God is seen as holy. Are you here? And instead of our faults, our many wrongs, God is seen as unblameable. Are you here? And instead of our failure, God is seen as perfect. Now watch this. And because the atonement and the, the work of the blood is above the understanding of man, no matter what you tell men, they will still quote the book of Romans to you. That is, um, for all men have seen and fallen short of the glory of God, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When we're kids, when we're growing up, tell us that for all men have seen and fallen short of the glory of God, that we've all seen, we are all sinners, and they make us believe that we are all sinners. Are you here? But when you go to the next verse, be justified freely by the blood. So we've been justified freely by his blood, which is the atonement. And that part, they are not preaching. But they want us to be so much sin conscious than grace conscious. So, when God is 
looking at a man, he's no more seeing man as man is. He's now seeing Jesus Christ in the place of man. Are you here? So when when God, see, when God is supposed to punish you as a man, he cannot because he's not seeing you as a man. He's seeing Jesus Christ in you. Are you here? And that is the reason why, regardless of how you sin, you are not dead. Because in the early days, the moment they sin and they don't confess, they die. Are you here? But why is that you are able to sin thousand times and you are still alive? Now, many of you might think that, okay, preaching the message of grace leads people to sin or no. And you think that God doesn't detect God detects sin. God hates sin with passion. Every time God has a smell of sin in heaven, he casts that smell out. He casts that thing that is caused that smell out. And when God smells sin in heaven, which was caused by um, Lucifer, who became Satan, he cast him out. And everyone that partnered with him, he cast them out. God is against sin, 100%. In the olden days, when they are supposed to kill a bull or an animal or a ram to pacify their sin, you know what they do? They make sure, Bible says, the, the goat on this ram is without spot. It's without any wrinkle. You see, the goat on its own, which they want to use, it shouldn't be a goat that has a leg problem. It shouldn't be a goat that has a tattoo on its body. It shouldn't be a goat that has an eye problem. It should be a goat without spots. And guess this. God is not only concerned about the goat they present to him as a form of pacifying the sin of men. He is even concerned more about the priest that performs that rite. So now, if I'm supposed, in the only days being a priest now, I'm supposed to be the one to Talk to God for God to forgive you your sins. <laughs> I'm supposed to be more cleaner than the goats. And if by mistake I meet the priest who is not clean, I can die. <laughs> the goat might be alive out there. <laughs> so, <laughs> please, how much God hates sin. So that even the one who is supposed to be performing the right is supposed to be cleaner than the goat itself. What am I saying? The book of Leviticus. Chapter 16, the verse 6 to 15. Can we read it? Can I have one person read it for me? Leviticus chapter 16, the verse 6 to 15. And we understand it how everyone was performing this covering of sin. The covering of sin. Leviticus chapter 16, the verse 6 to 15. If you are there, you can read for me. Read for me. Louder, please. Uh-huh. Leviticus 16, verse 6. And Aaron shall present the book. So watch this. Aaron himself, who is the priest, who's supposed to present the bull or the ram or the goat to God as a sacrifice to pacify the sins of the people of the Israel or the, the town, the people of the town or the city. He everyone has to pacify his sins first. So he presented a bull. Uh-huh. And what did he do? He confessed his sins upon it. And make atonement for himself and for his house. For he made atonement for his sins and his house first. Alright. So there are two goats being presented here. Now watch it. Now what this? You remember that when Jesus Christ was supposed to be crucified, they brought Jesus Christ and Barabbas, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. So this one is talking about Jesus and Barabbas. This goat is Jesus and Barabbas. Okay, move on. And Aaron shall bring the goat on which the Lord's 
uh -huh. So this goat are supposed to be offered as a sin offering and their lots being cast. This see, one goat is supposed to die, and one ghost goat is supposed to stay alive. But everyone cannot just take up and say, Okay, let me pick this goat, you'll be alive, this one will be dead. But a lot will be cast. Don't do or how to say probability. Chacha, whatever it is, don't do it. And then you pick one who must die and one who will be alive. And remember, when Jesus Christ was with Barabbas and um, Jesus Walker was with Barabbas, they had to pick lots. The king asked, Do I preach Jesus to you or you want Barabbas? Which one do you want? There was a lot that was cast. And eventually one died and one was alive. Okay, move on. But the goat on which the lots fell for, mm -hmm. So one goat is supposed to be presented alike before the Lord. Uh -huh. To make atonement over him. To make atonement, uh-huh. That he may be let go into the wilderness for other people. No, what this? Now this goat that is supposed to be kept kept alive finally is supposed to be a kept in the wilderness. Now what this? What happens is that when the goat is presented, but like a four-legged animal. Alright, okay, here. Yeah. So let's assume that you find is the goat here being Jesus Christ here, right? Now, what Aaron does is that Aaron prays over the goat. And he prays, he speaks all the sins of the people into the goat. How is everyone able to know the sins of the people? Remember the Roman Catholics, they have a box where they go into, where there is a field, which covers the, the, the face of the person confesses and the priest's face so the people are able to confess their sins to the priest and the priest knows all their sins you yeah, don't do it as right okay so it's to their own good that they are able to confess their sins to the priest and everyone picks up the goats and prays over the goats all their sins are transferred into the goats and guess what happens now read for me please He was there. 
went to the wilderness. And this God, after receiving the sins of man, is left in the wilderness. This God is not kept at the place of mankind where men already live. The sins of this man are kept outside the township of this man. So the sins of this man are not kept to a place where man can have access or remember that sin anymore. What, what am I saying now? What I'm saying is that when God said he will remember your sins no more, he meant it. Because our sins, God remembers no more because it is placed somewhere an outskirts. And what the Israelites had was that they had one year probation of sins. One year probation such that um, in Israel, when the gods they spread over, it only worked for them for one year. The next year they have to do it again. That's the covering of the sins. But in our time here, we don't have to do one year, one year probation or one year renewal of forgiveness of sin. We have Jesus Christ cancelling everything for us totally, eternally. Now, tomorrow, and forever. I thought you would come here for Jesus. So, we have our sins classified eternally. So, when God is looking at us, He's looking at Jesus Christ. When God is looking at you, He's not seeing sin, He's seeing holiness. Are you here at all? And now, you must understand that holiness, alright? Holiness is like the glory of God. Holiness is like the glory of God or the presence of God. Okay. God doesn't have to do anything to attain holiness. Likewise, you. You don't have to do anything to attain holiness. Okay, I'll explain. I'll explain. God himself doesn't have to do anything to attain holiness. God is holy by nature. And Jesus Christ is the holiness of God. Why are you here? Jesus Christ is the holiness of God. And now we have Jesus Christ in us, who is the holiness of God. So he automatically makes us holy. Are you here? Jesus Christ being the holiness of God, him being in us, he automatically makes us holy. Now, you are being told that when you abstain from sin, you are holy, right? That's what you are being told. Right? But that's not true. The truth is, the reason why you abstain from sin is because you are holy. You are not holy because you abstain from sin. You are holy. You see, the reason why you abstain from sin is because you are holy. So any moment you don't abstain from sin, you must ask yourself if you are really holy. The reason why a king will not go and eat in a top bar is because he is a king. Are you here? Yes. If I don't eat in a top bar, does it automatically make me a king? Does it? No. If I don't go to home to go and eat, I am not a king. But obviously, a king will not go to home to go and eat. He has a banquet for him every time he wants to eat. So there is no need for you to go to home bed. Not to go to home bed. <laughs> are you here? Do you understand now? So the reason why we don't sin is because we are holy. But it is not our abstinence or the absence of sin in us that makes us holy. But obviously, when you are holy, you will not like to sin. You will detect sin. So when you begin to sin. 
see yourself begin to see yourself holy. Because the more you see yourself as a sinner, the more you sin. The more you see yourself unworthy, the more you sin. But God, if God Himself is not seeing you unworthy, why is yourself unworthy? If God is not seeing you as a sinner, but He's seeing you as a holy person, why are you seeing yourself as a sinner? What? And that is the duty of the enemy to make you think like that. And the moment you think like that, you lose your self-confidence. Yeah. You lose it. And when you lose your self-confidence, a lot of things are lost from you as a believer. Are you here? Now, the book of First Corinthians, Colossians, the book of Colossians chapter 1, the verse 22. Colossians chapter 1, verse 22. Loud of peace. Yet now Christ the Messiah mm-hmm. reconciled you to God. So now Christ the Messiah reconciled us back to God. Mm-hmm. In the body of his flesh through death. Through death. In order to present you holy and faultless. So God presented us what? Holy. Faultless means unblameable. And then what? Irreprovable. If, if yes, in his so now, because of the atonement of the blood of Jesus, we are being presented to God, holy, faultless, or unblameable, and irreprovable, meaning perfect to God. So, you know, God is seeing you perfect. How dare you see yourself imperfect? No man is perfect. What a lie. Just because you see. Thus, Accidents prevent a car from being called a car. Does an unpainted car prevent it from being called a car? A car with all ties taken out, does it prevent it from you calling it a car? So why would you then call me imperfect just because I say? My sins are not a perfect reason or a, 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 a more standard reason for you to call me a sinner. Because my sins are being pacified by the Lord Jesus, just been atoned for my sin. And I'm now being made holy. I don't have anger issues. I don't have money problem. <laughs> I am not impatient. I don't have an eye problem. I am not asthmatic. Can we go on? Mm-hmm. I'm not diabetic. Uh-huh. No, come and mention things for me. I want you to understand all these things that you've labeled yourself to be, you are not. All these things you have labeled yourself to be, God doesn't see you like that. So if God doesn't see you to be imperfect, if God doesn't see you to be diabetic, why do you see yourself to be diabetic? Why do you accept that which God has not called you to be? Why, why do you prefer to accept another will than the will of God? Because the will of God is not for you to be diabetic. So why do you call yourself diabetic? Just because a doctor somewhere said it. Have you forgotten he's a bomb of Gilead? He be created a doctor. So <laughs> are you with me at all? I want you to begin to see. 
see yourself in a different way because we are feeling the you in you. Because the moment you begin to see yourself as a sinner, you are more limited to be able to operate as a Christian. Because sin makes you guilty to be able to even ask God for things. There is a level of power you do not attain when you are sinning. You, you feel, you do not feel confident to be able to even ask. We even live in the house, we see that the way they be questioning you. <laughs> Where are you even leading prayers? The devil is telling you that since you have committed so you don't what am I even doing? People they don't know what I'm done just to do. Yeah. yeah. When you're doing this, they are doing things, they are singing this powerful. Hey, this guy, this guy, yeah. Don't be telling me these people don't know what I do. Yeah. Yeah. As a matter of fact, God doesn't see you like that. God doesn't see you as a prostitute as you see yourself. No. Uh-huh. 
So because of one man's trespass, one man's sin, death reigned through that one. Death has reigned because of one man's sin. We are all God sinners and we've all, we are all dying physically and spiritually. Then what did he say next again? Much more, surely. Much more, much more. You see? The sin that has done is well, but there is a much more sure one. Huh? Those who receive God's overflowing grace. So those who receive God's overflowing grace. And the free spirit of righteousness. The free it is free. You're not righteous because you didn't Okay. Putting uh, them into right standings with Himself. So it is Jesus Christ that is putting us right in the right standing. What has, he is able to keep us from falling. You what you have to keep yourself from falling. But He God is faithful. He is able to keep us from falling. I said the other time when I wrote the book on the um, relationship tribal marks and the Holy Spirit. And I spoke of the fact that many of you are trying so hard to work on your character, to work on so many things about your life, and it's not working because you are using your own strength and you need to rely on the Holy Spirit. Are you with me at all? So our strength cannot make it, but we have to learn how to humble ourselves to the fruit and the gift of the Holy Spirit. So by one man's sin, we are all called sinners for all our sin and punished of the blood because of one man's sin. And again, because we are born. Now, there is another reborn or rebirth which was done by Jesus Christ. This one, we don't have to come out from the belly of our parents. We have to come out from the belly of Jesus Christ. And through his work, his death, that he died for us, we have also automatically now become great and now righteous before God, only before God. Why do you accept the work of Adam and not accept the work of Jesus Christ? Why are you so keen in loving that which Adam did and now God's that for all our sin and pollution to love what Adam did? But when the Bible again said that there was Adam rebirth, that by you receiving Jesus Christ, you are reborn again and automatically you are holy. Why would you accept that? Why are you taking the, the first one? But the second one, it was that much more surely that we are being born again. One for all. One for all. Oh, 
I'm about to declare a week now. Alright. So now we have you receive a salary of what? 100 percent right? But the scripture says what well, take what? 10 percent out and let's take let what? Okay. And again we see the principle of one for all.
against the spirit forces of weakness, uh -huh. wickedness, mm -hmm. oh. and in the heavenly sphere. How many? Can you someone give me King James? This one is amplified, so it's given an expansion. So many of you who are here, I think it's five or six. Can you give me King James, please? Give me King James, read for oh, read yourself. So it was not against flesh and blood, but against what? Command? Principalities. One. Against powers, what? So against powers, two. Uh huh. Uh huh. Against what? Spiritual weakness in high places. He ends there. So we have number one, principalities. Number two, powers. Number three, rulers of what? Darkness in the world. And then number four, it was four. So plus Satan five. But the moment Satan was cast out and authority was given to man over Satan, man automatically had power over these four brothers of Satan. And even include the demons. Oh, hey, yeah. One for all. One for all. Now let's go to the book of uh, First Samuel 17, 51. First Samuel 17, 51. Again, they talk about this one is talking about David and Goliath. You read 17 verse 9. Verse 9. Now, when David was going to fight Goliath, Goliath place down a principle of one for all. And the first man, what does he say, please? If he is able to fight with me and kill me. So Goliath said, if this guy who is who, who, who is small is able to fight and kill me, what happens next? Then we will be your servant. Then we. So Goliath said, no. We, we don't have to fight each other. Pick one person. Let me also pick one person. So Goliath came. The Israelites came. And the Philistines also brought Goliath. And they said, one for all, one for all. And Goliath set the principle down. But if this guy is able to kill me, then all our people, all the Philistines will become the slaves and servants of you, Israel. Are you here? Who got this? But if I prevail against him. But if I also prevail and I win the fight, what happens? Then you shall be our servant. Then you also, Israel, will be we Philistines, our servants. And slaves. Okay, now verse 51. What happened then? 51. Uh -huh. So he ran and stood over the Philistines. Uh -huh. So this is David winning the fight against Goliath. And he ran and stood against Goliath, even without sword in his hand, and took the sword of Goliath. And he did what? He cut off his head. Uh -huh. His sword and drew it out of his shield and killed him. Uh -huh. And cut off his head for him. What did the people do then? When the Philistines saw that their mighty champion was dead, uh -huh. they fled. Now, watch this. When the Goliath died, these people could have decided to fight the Israelites there, there, and there. There was no need for them to run away. Because as a matter of fact, Goliath had four brothers who were huge like him himself. So those people could have also left the war and go and fight the Israelites. But why did they pause and now flee? Follow. One for all principle. Come on. 
I'm saying this because it's our week of one for all. It's our week of one for all. 